This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Thursday, it's the 18th of January 2024. Coming up today, could Lady A be getting a subscription model? Samsung unpacked, Orbit News, and another tablet with Braille built in and Windows. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, we're back. There's news flying absolutely everywhere. I want a jingle that goes, wow, 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 wow. News, 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 bang, bang, bang. That's what I want. Someone's had their coffee today, I'm guessing. Can you tell? Breaking news. Breaking news. We are drowning in news today. It's glorious. It does feel a bit like that today. Yeah, there's loads of stuff going on. Um, Samsung Unpacked, of course. Uh, I have to be honest. Can I just say this? I am not the world's oh. biggest fan of this particular event. Don't spoil it. I stayed up especially to watch it whenever it was. <laughs> <laughs> whenever it happened, I was there. In other words, what you did was you went to YouTube and you typed in Samsung events in three minutes. In three minutes, yeah. I must admit, I, did, I didn't watch this one. I... I... I don't know why, because it is an interesting event. It just doesn't grab me as much as any of the others, I'll be honest with you. It just doesn't. Well, because I think it feels like we're just watching another phone being released. And, you know, what we really look for is the software, right? That's what we're interested in. Absolutely. We're looking for software features, like Google and Apple come up with interesting features we want to talk about rather than hardware. I was going to say is that I'm, I'm very rarely interested in... Um, owning myself some sort of Google-powered Android equipment device, whatever you want to call it. But actually, I do like the Google event because of that very same reason. I love the mm. features that they came up with, they, and, and the same with the Samsung event. It's just the actual event itself I don't think is done particularly well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, well, possibly. Well, we're going to be talking today with uh, Sally Kunduz, who is from the Accessible Android uh, website and podcast as well. He's going to be joining us to talk all about the Samsung Unpacked event, giving us his take on it. He'll be with us in just a few moments. A couple of other things uh, happening at the moment as well. Uh, Orbit uh, held their first Zoom meeting of uh, 2024 yesterday. And uh, this is Orbit Research, of course, the company behind the Orbit Reader 20, the Orbit Reader 20 Plus, the Orbit Reader 40, etc., and the writer. Well, uh, a lot of us are kind of listening into that, trying to figure out you know, what the detail is around things like Orbit Speak, because this is starting to feel like some kind of Disney-based product. It's mythical. Uh, we, yeah, we just we never, never, never actually see this in, uh, in any kind of form. Uh, I do have some updates on this for you. Uh, it is apparently slated to be released in, wait for it, April. Oh, good. That's great news. Fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. We will wait and see. I really hope so, because there's a lot of interest in this device, but it just seems to be delay after delay after delay. Yeah. And also some sad news around the Optima Braille laptop as well. It is also being delayed and has been delayed for a number of months. Adi Kushner, of course, from Access Mind, is part of this. He's going to be joining us on a future episode in the coming days uh, to tell us why that is. Uh, there are some uh, very r- rather serious reasons why the, this has been delayed. So we're going to get into that with Addy uh, when we get him on the show soon. Uh, but ultimately, the result is that uh, uh, the product has been delayed and will have be delayed possibly until quarter three or quarter four of this year. Uh, I think the intention was for it to actually come out a little bit earlier than that, possibly even quarter two. So it's going to be pushed back a bit, but... Um, 
you know, when we talk about the reasons why, I think people will start to understand it's why that may be yes. the case. Yeah, I think yeah. There's, there's, there's bigger issues in the world than, you know, Braille yes. laptops, let's be honest about it. Um, however, in saying that, we do have a story today coming up about uh, Braille tablets. And uh, we're going to be hearing today about a product from a company called Inside One. They have created a new Braille tablet which is kind of almost similar in a way to Humanware's Braille Note Touch in terms of design. So you've got a, a tablet screen, but what they have on top of it is an overlay where it's like, how can you describe this? The, the, the Braille keys are almost kind of indented onto the screen. So you can sort of feel your way to the, the actual keys, oh, the Perkins-style keys, on the screen. You can use the rest of the screen uh, as a touch area as well to perform other commands, and you have a Braille display built in. Now, unlike the Humanware Braille Note Touch, this one from Inside One runs Windows. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Well, now, I haven't heard about this before. No. I haven't heard much about this product at all. It's a French company. What version of Windows? Is it not some... Um hacked together windows ce or <laughs> windows yes. 3.1 is it it's so funny you ask that because like if you if you said that to a sighted person they'd be like what are you talking about of course it's going to run windows 11 it's like no 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 welcome no, no. to blind world it's still running windows c no it's not no this is going to be running the latest windows 11 it's going to have uh, some good hardware in there we're going to talk about it uh with eric roche from the company uh, a little bit later on the show so lots to cram in um but just before that i want to mention this story because uh, a lot of us have been talking and maybe a little bit nervous about the idea of a subscription service for Lady A uh, in order to get the best out of her. Well, it looks like that is happening. Um, this is uh, reporting that came out yesterday. Um, I, I, can't, I won't say the name because she's sitting right next to me and she will hear me. So I'll just call her Lady A as I always do. Yes. Uh, but the feature is called Lady A Plus, which uh, may be a smarter version of Amazon's voice assistant that you pay for. Now, this is a report that has come from Business Insider which cites sources who say early testing with 15,000 customers, uh, and that is to uh, roll out this new feature, uh, dubbed Remarkable Alexa, um, which was scheduled, by the way, for a 30th of June launch, um, say that the early testing with 15,000 customers has not gone well. Oh, Apparently she's giving often unnecessarily long or inaccurate responses. A um, lot of hallucinations going on, and in some cases, maybe even the information being dangerous. So, uh, yeah, it's not going too well at the moment. <laughs> Sign um, me up. <laughs> we did see, of course, last year, we did see what Amazon were showing off and what they had planned for generative AI. And, you know, bear in mind that this is in beta phase at the minute. We talked about this with David Ward um, uh, recently when he was talking about chat with Lady A and uh, the the experience he had with that. Um and I think that's, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of question marks. He was even talking about not so much dangerous information, but let's just say not parentally uh, friendly, welcomed. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, so you've got to be careful. I mean, it is early days, right? But um, I think the question that we're asking is, and this seems to be the answer we're getting is, uh, you know, will we be paying for it? Uh, yes. Um well, you said it from the very start when we started talking about AI and the um, evolution of Lady A. You did say that. David Ward as well agreed with you, I think, in that talk we had. I, I still I find it difficult to justify having a smart Lady A and a, well, 
what are they going to call the other one? Regular Lady A. Uh, Professor Lady A? I don't know. Uh, it either uses AI or it doesn't. I, I, I'm not sure what you would be paying for. I don't know. We will have to wait and see. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And that is, of course, the whole thing, right? It's um, what are we paying for? What are we getting for this? Now, uh, Dave Limp is Amazon's current SVP of devices and services. He's the one who's been speaking out regarding price. And um, he says that it's not always going to be free. He said, no, while uh, Lady A as it is today will remain free, and in quotes it says, the idea of a, a superhuman assistant that can supercharge your smart home and more, work complex tasks on your behalf, could provide enough utility that we will end up charging something for it down the road. So, I mean, that is the answer to the question, right? It is definitely going to be chargeable, uh, probably as a separate feature. Yeah, uh, I'm not hugely surprised, but you're absolutely right. What are we getting what and are what we are we paying for? What is it actually going to supercharge? I can understand if it offers something better. I always thought some of the skills could be uh, uh, um, more polished if they were chargeable. If there was some sort of, I know you can buy some or subscribe to some skills, but it's all pennies or things like that. So I think if there was some sort of paid for developers to get something back out of it, I'm sure the skills would evolve as well. I need to be... If I'm paying for something, I need to see something that I'm not getting already now for free. How many companies have we talked about moving from a free to a paid service? It's difficult to make that transition unless you're offering something extra. Yeah, it is challenging, isn't it? Because you're trying to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one. I think it does, like you said, it depends on what it can do. But, you know, it's a bit like, um, I don't know if it is, but, you know, we're talking about smart home, for example. Now, the smart home features. What is, what is it going to do? I mean, other than perhaps routines that can allow you to daisy chain a number of different, you know, routines together, like, you know, turning a light on, turning on the air conditioning, you know, opening the garage door, unlocking your smart lock on your front door, whatever, doing all that at the same time, which, by the way, you can do anyway. Um, but, you know, being able to do it with natural language, maybe that's a thing. But again, I just, I admit, I don't know what the next level is of this and I don't know what's worth paying for because, of course... The other thing here is there'll be competition. Google will have a competition in this. Apple will have competition in this. A lot of people are excited to know what's coming out at WWDC. In fact, a lot of people saying iOS 18 has to really, you know, blow the socks off us because it is, uh, you know, there's a lot of expectation coming for what will be the new city, the generative AI city. And that could change all this. That could make this, this untenable. And, you know, it's not like people won't move away from it because there's, a, there's an upside and a downside to having a cheap product in the market like the Amazon Echo. And that is that people will buy it because it's cheap, but they also don't mind getting rid of it because it's cheap. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's an excellent point. Yeah, it's very good. And, and also, we, we're seeing AI you know, absolutely everywhere. Um, we're going to see it inside your computer, in, in Copilot on Windows. We're going to see, there's already the ChatGPT store. So there's absolutely no reason why on a, my Windows PC, I couldn't have a plugin, which is a smart home plugin. So I can talk to my Windows PC Copilot, and it, it, you know, it can run my smart home how I want it run. All this giving, you know, turn the heating on, and then having to wait to give another command, and then I've mm. got to remember to come back and turn it off in an hour, and I can't just do it all in a natural language sentence. Um, I think they're going to get left behind if they start charging for things like that. The smart speaker for me is exactly for controlling my smart home and answering questions, also for playing music. I, I don't know, other than the media side of it, charging for you know music streams and whatever else, I, I don't see the value in a subscription fee for something like that. 
I'm sure there's going to be competition which wouldn't cost you anything. Yeah, and I think, you know, if Apple get this right, you know, I mean, think about the HomePod Mini, for example. Okay, it's it's not their... Everyone talks about the HomePods, but actually HomePod Mini is the more entry-level uh, way into that. Now, whether that device gets updated, I imagine it probably would, because I don't think we've seen a new HomePod Mini for a while. I think it was cancelled, wasn't it? I thought the HomePod Mini was... Or am I thinking of of the original ones? I can't remember. I think it was the original HomePod. I know they were, yeah. Yeah, they still no, they still sell the minis, but they don't talk about the minis much. But I think that's a that's a product that might get a bit of a a software or should I say hardware bump that will enable a lot more uh, capability. I mean, the great thing, and this is the thing, right? This is what I kind of love about Apple with this they, because they've got their own hardware. They can decide for themselves what is best to go into that. They don't have to wait for another company, you know, like Intel to come up with the best chip or you know Snapdragon to come up with the latest. <laughs> They've had they don't their have to do that. They just say, on that before waiting for Intel. Well, yes, exactly. That's right. And so it's a case of well, actually, what we can do here is we can put in any hardware we like. We can say, do you know, stick an M1 processor inside this HomePod. You know, stick its neural language processor in there as well, and suddenly we've got this amazing piece of kit that can do all kinds of interesting stuff. And not and only that, that's going to come. When the Matter protocol actually does come properly, rather mm. than this constant waiting, it's nearly here. It's nearly here. Um, it, it shouldn't. You, we're breaking out of the ecosystem. So finally, rather, than, I've got no HomeKit kit at all. So no, I, mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't use Siri to do anything really to control my smart home. But when Matter actually comes in, then hopefully that will change, and I can use things like that. So I'm no longer tied to a, a particular brand of smart speaker or whatever so yeah yeah. okay so let's talk about samsung so they announced yesterday the galaxy s24 ultra the s24 plus and the s24 regular i guess yes um and uh basically the biggest thing that they announced was and you know i say basically because you know it feels so obvious that i'm going to say and AI was added to everything. It's all um, about the AI. It's like little fairy dust, isn't it? Just let's sprinkle some AI over that. You know, oh yeah, it looks so much better. Um, and you know what that means is more uh, a better communication because you can use, you know, you can have like intelligent live translation going on. Uh, you can do this on texts. You can use AI to you know make better text messages. Okay. Um, right, let me stop you, you right there. Just by your tone, <laughs> sir. Your tone there. Oh, you can just do live. Are you listening to this live, real-time translation in phone calls mm, and on text? Yeah. What are you doing that voice for? This is something out of sci-fi I know I, movies. I, know, I think that's because I think I'm just so over the, the AI well, know, take, being don't used even all think the time. about the AI aspect of it. Just think of the functionality of it, being able to talk to anyone in any, well, I say any language. I think 13 languages are supported yeah. so far. But how freeing is that? You can talk to someone in a, a language that's not your own and you can have a real-time conversation. That blows my mind. Absolutely yeah. amazing. It is incredible. Uh, well, look, let's uh, get more uh, on someone who actually does use Android phones and might might be more excited than us. Uh, <laughs> Sally Kunduz is with us from uh, Accessible Android. Good to have you here with us, Sally. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's nice to be here. Yeah, and uh, of course, the big news of the day yesterday was Samsung announcing new smartphones, uh, a new watch, and a, a Galaxy Ring as well. I want to get your take on all of this um first off tell me uh, your thoughts on the announcements so far because of course there have been a number well uh the main 
focus is all about AI for this year. Uh, we we knew this from a long time behind, and there is a lot of things to say about AI. And uh, yet the main focus is rather than the phones and devices, it, it was all about AI. The people are coming and talking about the camera, the other AI features, and we can talk about them, of course. But my, uh, what I like about this is uh, uh, the AI is going to help us, of course, for accessibility and language barriers. This is a great addition, I think. Yeah, so let's dig into this because uh, you wrote an article straight after the event. I've got to say you are on top of this, Sally, without a shadow of a doubt. You're (laughs) on top of this, getting this article out there. We're going to be posting a link to it on our show notes so people can go and read it. But Mm -hmm. but give us a sense from your point of view how AI is going to enhance accessibility from Samsung's perspective. Okay, the first thing is uh, the live transcription and translation during the phone calls. You know, when I was a kid, I was always dreaming of this. Like, uh, I, my English wasn't that good at times. I was hoping that, you know, one day there will be a machine and when I speak, it will be translating whatever I say into English or any other languages. So this is finally coming alive in the phones. So when you're using your Samsung S24 and also these new features will be coming to all their devices, to S23 and Flip and Fold series. So if you use your, your phone and do the phone calls, you choose your uh, source and target languages, you'll be speaking to the person in their native language. This is amazing. And we did see a little bit of this, or at least something similar to this from Google Pixel, right? They've yeah. been talking about doing similar. Yeah. How do you think this will compare? Well, uh, Samsung learned from Pixel and I think it's going to be even better, but the competition will bring us good, good results, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think Samsung tend to bring the sexiness to these yeah. features. <laughs> yeah, Google, Google brings the feature and it's brilliant, but yeah. you know, Samsung makes it a little bit sexier, right? Yeah, it's always this uh, competition brings it. Like sometimes uh, there are other competitors, like other manufacturers, and they try even harder. But so <laughs> yeah, this is the nature of the uh, technology invention, you know. And it goes further than, uh, you know, I mean, obviously this is incredible, right? Yeah, Let's just stop for a second. Yeah. And like you say, just think about what this is. It's incredible, <laughs> yeah, right? Of course. Um, but it goes further because it goes into the keyboard as well. Yeah, the uh, messaging also uh, gains AI features. Uh, you, you can type in your messages. It will correct. It will suggest you things for your messaging. And uh, based on your text, it will also suggest you auto replies and also going to help you uh, speak into uh, different languages using text messages. It's all going to be available right in the Samsung keyboard. And I noticed something else you mentioned, which is transcript assist. What is that? Yeah, uh, it's also for the calls. It's going to, you know, there is some basic transcript for, uh, you know, for those using TTY machines. So it's going to for improve even further during the calls. It's going to give you live captions of the uh, call content and whatever you're saying, it's going to get transcript. And that applies to Samsung's voice recording app as well, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it, it's uh, learning from the Pixel recorder that <laughs> Google says, as you said, you know, Google is doing and Samsung mm. is doing even sexier, yes. <laughs> and like you say, you know, the mm-hmm. fact is that, that, you know, one thing that we're hearing a lot from, you know, Google as well as other companies now, especially uh, since Google's big announcement about the Pixel 8 Pro that it would have n- yeah. a number of years mm-hmm. 
of uh, software updates, Samsung are, are kind of going with this as well, right? They're they're kind of not copying, but they're they're going with the the or certainly matching what what Google have suggested and offered. Right. So those new devices, uh, 24, 24 Plus and 24 Ultra, they will be uh, getting seven years of software updates, just like Pixel 8 Pro. So I think this is a good start. Also a good lesson for other manufacturers, uh, Android manufacturers. I think the other is going to learn a lot from this and the next year is going to be full of update promises. In terms of the devices themselves, I've already seen reports that the Samsung yeah. S24 series is going to be very similar in terms to, of design to the S23. Absolutely. And, that the, and, and really we're talking here, it's more under the hood changes, right? Yeah. You know, uh, the focus is AI, but we don't see any big changes to the devices themselves. I'm using S23 and I don't see a reason of upgrading the S24 because there there is no change at all. I mean, in terms of uh, the display, the size, even there is kind of a discrimination. So if you buy S24 or S24 Plus, Samsung is uh, coming with own pro- their own processor in uh, other parts of the world. And if you're in the US or Canada, you're getting the smart dragon version. So this is really uh, the thing that I don't like about Samsung devices. But if you're getting the Ultra, no matter where you live, it's going to come with a smart dragon processor version. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe expand a bit on that for me, because I'm interested to know what your take is on that, because it sounds to me as if you're... Yeah, I suppose in some ways it feels like there's not much of a reason to upgrade at this point, which I mean, you know, obviously um, Samsung will want you to upgrade, but yeah. what is it? <laughs> of course, if you're curious and if you want to get the newest device, it's all right. I'm using S23 with the Snapdragon version. It's worldwide. And uh, they decided to do the change and Samsung wants to... Uh, like make more people using their own CPU. So that's why it's um, going to the rest of the world with uh, Exynos uh, processor. That's what they call for the Samsung processor. Even though the processor itself is really good and it gives really decent decent uh, results in the testing like uh, Benchmark and other kind of testings. But Still, a smart dragon itself from Qualcomm, you know, it's much better in terms of uh, usability and long-term usability. That's what I mean. So it's better to stay in mm. S23 if you're concerned about processor, of course. But if you're getting the Ultra, uh, you know, S24 Ultra is really good and it comes with titanium frame. Which everyone loves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, is it, so there's no point of... Well, I was yeah. going to ask you, what is it that you would look for as a blind Android user? What would you look for in these phones? Uh, and has that killer feature for you come out yet that would let you upgrade to, say, an S24? Well, uh, from my point of view, I don't really see that killing point to upgrade from my 23 to 24 because uh, that has the same Android version that is 14. I already have it. That's the same uh, hardware almost. I mean, nearly from my phone. I also have it. But of course, if you want to get a much more affordable, like much more durable phone or much more good looking phone, the Ultra itself is a titanium frame. It's a really good one. But I mean, in terms of software, it's going to be the same Android, same Samsung. 
just need if you don't want to wait for AI, just go for it. But if you think you can, uh, you can stick with uh, 23 or your other flip or fold devices. You know, you can see that I'm not quite excited, but this is how it is. Uh, not sure how, how others think about it, but this is how it is for me. Uh, there are not too much things to say all about AI, especially camera. You know, this 24 Ultra has a uh, really good telephoto camera that, that can capture a lot of good photos and you can use AI to... Uh, edit those photos or videos but for a blind person it's not much difference to be honest talk to me about the samsung watch range because uh, this is an area which uh, anytime i talk to android people they tell me how, how wonderful android phones are and then you ask them about the watch and they go yeah 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 work in progress um yeah and i'm talking obviously from the blind perspective yes. here right because you know when you add talk back yeah. to this and samsung have notoriously mm-hmm altered top back mm-hmm. to suit themselves on mm-hmm. Samsung devices. Is that the case with the watch as well? Yeah, that's the same case. Uh, they have their own talk back for the watches. Yeah, I don't know for for you, but when it comes to watches, I'm much like a traditional mm. guy. Uh, I just uh, don't feel like, you know, charging the watch. So that's my take on this. But still, Samsung is improving uh, the watch and also the ring itself is kind of really interesting uh, we really need to see that in action yeah so what is that well uh i don't know it's like a smart ring when you get engaged you will see your wife in the camera <laughs> just kidding <laughs> is that how it works <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it a device that allows you to make calls? Is it about health tracking? What's it about? It's also for health tracking, like uh, kind of like band, but also gives you uh, kind of health tracking and other kind of uh, GPS needs and things like that. I don't know much about this ring yet. Well, we will need to see that what what it can and what it can't, of course. Yeah, I mean, we're not expecting this to be something that we can control our phones with, right? I mean, at least I wouldn't imagine. No, you you cannot control your phone and you cannot control your girlfriend. That's the thing. But I guess, and I'm just guessing, but this will probably <laughs> likely end up with lots of AI functionality. Yeah. Um, this is a Absolute, new category, isn't it? Um, these, these kind of almost uh, assistant type devices yeah, will start becoming yeah. more wearable. Yeah, of course. Glasses, rings, mm. I don't know what's next. Maybe shoes? Yeah. We see smart shoes in the future. Don't be surprised. No. Um, always interesting to talk to you, Sally, and yeah, uh, tell people course. more about how they can continue to read more about, uh, you, about your uh, reporting on Android. So we just published our uh, highlights from the unpack that was on yesterday. So you can just go to accessibleandroid.com and read about what we have. We will be updating we since we have new findings and just keep an eye on this content. And also we will be publishing other tips and tricks if other people from the community gets this device. That's the thing. That's the good part mm. about this website. I mean, if, if somebody gets this this phone and if they want to write a review or even a, like an audio demonstration, we'll be having it, of course. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts. We look forward to reading more. Yeah, thanks so much. It's nice to be here all day. And stick around on Double Tap. We're going to be talking all about the Inside One Braille tablet running Windows. That's next. 
Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Really interesting conversation there with uh, Sally talking all about uh, Samsung, and uh, there's some interesting stuff I didn't realise about that processor, for example. I didn't realise that it was going to be different in different parts of the world. You know, that has been the case with Samsung smartphones before for a few oh, years. Really? Yeah, there's been um, some cases where people will buy a phone from a specific country because they want that, even if it's a tiny amount better, faster processor. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I'm really interested in the, uh, and, and I'm surprised it wasn't brought up, the Circle Me AI feature. where you can, Oh, yeah, yeah. I did you, read a bit about this, yeah. You draw a circle around anything. Anything at all that's on the screen. It could be inside an app, it could be on a web page, it could be on a video or photo, and it will Google Lens it for you. Doesn't that sound cool? Um Okay, apparently not. No. I, <laughs> no, I'm, it does. I'm just, I suppose my uh, I know exactly is, what I, you're gonna say. Accessibility. You know what I'm gonna say, right? Exactly accessibility. How's that gonna work, right? Because in practice, how will that work using Talkback? I mean, I, I'm not doubting that it won't, but I just don't know. I mean, no, it just seems I, to me like a feature that would need absolutely not to look, be using Talkback. No, of, of course. And the first time I heard that, I thought, that is so cool. You know, oh, I'm interested in this, whatever's in the background of this photo, let me circle it, and it will go off and do a, well, basically a Google search on it, and you'll get all the details. And I'm then I start thinking about, that's a really good tech, you know, feature, really cool. But how am I, would I be able to use it accessibility-wise? And then I'm thinking about Be My AI. I mean, if if it yes. could give you a description, uh, give me a description of what's on the screen, and it could give you the same sort of detail that Be My AI gives you. Say, okay, now go off and search for whatever this detail of this description you just gave me. It could do the same thing. It's all about the background, um, what's going on in the background for me, the ability to pick out these details of anything on the screen, as we've seen with Be My AI, how impressive in the detail and the amount of detail in the description that it gives you, and then be able to pick out some specific feature of that and say, now go and search that and give me more detail on that. I mean, it's all doable. Yeah, I think what I tend to find, I mean, I was reading some of the updates on uh, Google Pixel, and a lot of this we had discussed already. In fact, we've, we've done quite a lot of, of on this uh, coverage on this, on the updates to Pixel devices and the apps that run on these uh, devices as well. I mean, Guided Frame, for example, which is a, I think a pixel-only feature at the moment. Um, that is the uh, ability to take a picture, take a selfie, and, and be guided to take it. You know, so it tells you how many people are in frame, and it does it in a very yeah. fun way. You know, it allows you to to take a picture and and you know put your face on the internet if that's something you want to do. Um, and that's great. But I, I, and you know they've added some new features to that. Like now you can use the back camera, you can identify animals and all kinds of stuff, so you can take pictures of your pets. And they've done cool things like that. They've added these into the new version of it. Cool. Um, I also saw a cool thing, um, which I'm imagining will apply to Samsung and other devices as well, because this comes through Google Maps, where now you can hold the phone up, and I think there's a, it's either a, a choice or a button you push or something, but basically it allows you to put your phone uh, almost into camera mode. And as you walk around, you can sort of hold your phone up at a building and it will tell you what the building is or tell you what the restaurant or the cafe is and give you information, like a live Google Street View type thing. Yeah. 
That, is that so sounds cool. pretty cool as well. And it's overlaying that and it all works with TalkBack. So, well, that's, that's the key though, right? That's the accessibility. Again, I'm always, oh, God, I'm, that's so exciting, that new technology feature. But then the second thought for me is always, yeah, but can I use it? You know, it, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's always a, a thought that's there. We always sound so down on it. And I don't mean to because, of course, the tech is wonderful. I mean, like it you're saying about that yeah. live trans, that transcript. Not, uh, but yeah, it is live transcription, isn't it? Or, or Translation. Live, live, live interpret, right? So you can have a you know a conversation with someone. I, I can talk to someone in French yeah. and they can speak to oh, me well. in French, but I'm in... Well, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. I can actually understand them. They can understand me. I mean, I don't know how well it does with Scottish. We'll have to... Uh, well, we'll try that out, that. Stephen. Yes, definitely. And it also mentioned something. I don't know how, <laughs> how accurate this is, but it did also mention that it could also um, replicate tone in that as well. So uh, uh, I always take that with a pinch of salt when, you know, TTS or AI voices sort of try to emote. I, I, we'll see how that works. But even taking that for, uh, away from it, it's still absolutely amazing. That ability to talk to anyone, fantastic, really good. I, I don't can- like. I don't like the idea of AI looking at tone in conversation. I'll tell you why. Because I, you know, you know, you get those screen time reminders that say this week you've been on your phone, you know, forty five hours uh, over the course of the depressing. last day. Yes. Yeah, I, I can see that in tone. I'll be like, you know, this week you've been uh, miserable for about uh, most of the week. I don't you want must that. be Scottish. <laughs> can I just get a Scottish mode setting? Can I just have that, and then it just, it just, it's a given. I don't have to explain myself to the uh, phone all the time. Love you, Scotland. Just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. Look, I, I know I, I started off the show by saying ah, the event just really doesn't grab me, but I've got to say, Samsung hardware gorgeous and use the word there sexy of course it is it's absolutely gorgeous and the way they implement the features and the the r&d they do into i know everyone's talking about ai but they've actually implemented it in this particular way is very exciting it's always interesting to me though when i hear people talk about samsung you read a lot of the articles online and they'll say you know samsung have brought out this new phone and it's the iphone killer I think, is it really? Is it though? I mean, is that how, I don't think even Apple look at it. I'm not even sure Samsung will look at it that way. I mean, it's, it's, for a start, it's a different platform. So, you know, if you're going to make a choice to buy a Samsung phone, you're switching to a whole other ecosystem. That's irrelevant to Apple, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think, I I'd mean. Say if, I'd say if LG brought out an amazing new phone that had better features than Samsung, I'd say, well, that's the Samsung killer. Do you know what I mean? Because yes, it's like that's exactly. yeah. on the same level. I just I don't understand this this versus thing they do because it's not the same thing. Well, it's a false equivalence. What feature would take you away from the Apple universe and over to anything else, let's say Android? What, well, I've what? been thinking about this for a long time. I mean, look, I, I, I do, and this is the thing, I've said this many times, although I don't use Android uh, every day, when I you know, hold the Google Pixel phone when I'm doing stuff with it. I mean, it's a beautiful device. All of their phones are beautiful phones. They have yes. amazing features in them. If I had started using a smartphone today, I would probably wish I'd chosen an Android because I just I get so much more choice and so much more with it. And not even as so much choice of features because, of course, it's very customizable on board, but I get so much more in terms of device choice. I mean, remember the day you would go into a phone shop and you'd spend time looking around? Probably people don't do that anymore, but you would go into phone <laughs> shops and you would look around and you'd say, oh, look at this new phone, that new phone. Loads of choice on the market. I mean, with an Apple iPhone, it's you've got this Apple iPhone uh, or a slightly bigger 
Apple iPhone yes. or a slightly uh, even bigger uh, Apple iPhone uh, called an iPad. And that's it. I, and, you know, uh, so, you know, I go into an Android store or, or if I go in, you know, and say, look, I'm looking for an Android phone. They, they put out like 15 phones in front of that's me right. of all different sizes, shapes, styles, Flips, colors. folds, price yeah. points. you got so much choice there. But I, I, again, I, I don't think there's anything... I, I'm always expecting, like, say, I'm really interested in the live translation, right? Real-time translation. I'm sort of expecting that Apple will bring something out like that in 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 sometime in, in the not too distant future. That there's always this race between the two, but yes. I, don't, I don't think there's anything out there that would say, and I'm not even sure what it would be. That hey, that feature is so good, something I want so much that I'm going to jump ship. I don't think, and it's equally the same for Android users looking over at iOS. I don't think there's anything there they think that is something I'm willing to drop everything I'm used to and comfortable with right now. Um, so these companies are always doing, like the titanium, right? It's just, okay, we can do that as well. Um, it's just, if someone's on the fence, there's not much between them, I suppose. No, I mean, I know the iMessage debate comes up a lot. Um, you know, this is the one which, you know, has been raging for a long time. I totally understand Apple's position on this because what I don't think Apple want is for there to be a fluidity between both ecosystems. You don't want to be in a situation, I don't think, certainly Apple wouldn't, and I don't, I don't even know if the other companies want this either, to be able to just kind of interchange between, you know, so that almost iPhone and, and Android, they kind of almost live in their own worlds, but, you know, there's a bridge between them and you can sort of go between easily. So I could easily just pick up an iPhone or pick up an Android phone and still have access to FaceTime and iMessage and all the things and part of that Apple ecosystem because then it just makes it more possible for people to drift off and buy Android devices. That's one of those features where it's all about the business plan rather than how the yes. convenience for us as end users. Of course, having a universal iMessage makes total sense for us. It'd be fantastic. Us, yeah. But for Apple, it's uh, I'm not giving that away, but no. they may be forced to I get do that. that. I, I, I just say that. WhatsApp's done that for me anyway. Which is interesting as well, because I, I was reading an article yesterday about WhatsApp growing popularity in America, and I didn't know it wasn't popular in America. I thought... Really? Americans run it, but apparently not. Apparently it's not a big deal over there. And, and a number of people I've spoken to have said, oh, yeah, we don't bother with WhatsApp. We don't use that here. And I don't know if it's because it's tied to Meta or what. But Well, quite possibly. Uh, yes, I know one person in, in my circle that won't, absolutely refuses to use WhatsApp. But for everyone else, I mean, we've dragged a few people onto WhatsApp who we talk to regularly. Steve has got yeah, worked on it before. We've dragged them in because it's... Yeah, well, it was, it was kind of one of those, I am not contacting you ever again if you do not get on WhatsApp <laughs> because so I can't easy. deal with this. It's one place, everyone, no matter what they're using, if they're on their desktop, if they're on Android, if they're on iOS, you can send them a voice message or text message and they get it. It's so and, easy. Like, I'm sorry, but Apple screwed up the audio messaging. On iMessage, they really oh, screwed it up for it's me. Awful! It it blares out. It deafens you. You know, as soon as someone starts recording, it's voiceover is so loud when you do that. It's terrible now. But it, it only gives you like two minutes to record a message. Two minutes twenty seconds. That's the maximum you get to record a message. I did not know. I I just stopped using it. It's just such a yeah. faff to actually get to it. And, just, you know, oh, I've got, I got to mute the speech before I do it. Otherwise, it sounds awful. Well, that's the problem. So you mute the speech. You don't hear the countdown. So therefore, you're talking away. You don't realise that it's stopped recording. Yes. So you, you've lost your audio. You have to start again. And you think, oh, hang on, where did I get to? And all this nonsense. And it it's kind of makes you feel, I can't even be bothered 
I haven't you used know. it in ages. I haven't used it. Of course, you've still got the raise to record an audio message. Yeah, you know, that's just true. Just put it yeah. to your ear, but I never really got I'm not into a lover. that. No. No, I'm not a lover of it. Uh, okay, so uh, anyway, um, let's move on because I want to talk about this. So Inside One is a French company. They have uh, put together a product. I mean, making products like this for a number of years, but this one is is certainly what they consider to be their flagship, their new Braille tablet, which will run uh, the latest Intel hardware and also give you uh, high-capacity storage options, up to 16 gig of RAM. Um, it is going to run Windows, and it has a touchscreen with uh, sort of like almost indents on it for uh, the Braille, Perkins-style Braille keys. And it runs Windows 11 as well. And any future Windows updates, I caught up with Eric Roche recently from the company to learn more about it. We are developing a product with, uh, we tried to, to integrate uh, touch technology, in fact, so that the, the Braille keyboard is not a uh, mechanical keyboard anymore. It becomes uh, touch like uh, you're using... Um, Every day, in everyday life, you're using an iPhone or an Android phone, and everything is touch. So that's uh, that's something we wanted to 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 introduce uh, also in the uh, note-taker world. At the very beginning of the project, uh, when we began to to design this product from scratch, uh, we decided to go with Android. But uh, very rapidly, we decided uh, to to move to. To Windows because at that time I think it was uh, Windows 8. Almost everybody is using Windows and when you start uh, educating you have now Windows, Windows at school, after Windows at home and of course when you start working it's Windows also. Talk us through the device a little bit and, and explain to us what, what it is we'd be looking at, what we'd be buying essentially. Okay, you're looking at uh, let's say a tablet size product it's uh, most uh, dimensions are almost about uh, the same size on an A4 size uh, sheet of paper. Its focus, of course, is uh, 1.8 millimeter thick, uh, centimeter thick. You have a 32 cells right display at the bottom, and uh, it's all made of uh, CNC aluminum. You have no plastic part. Uh, you have the Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, of course, and uh, you also have a big screen of a little bit more than 10 inches wide. And on this big screen, you have the uh, Perkins-style keyboard, which is indented into the, the glass. Uh, so you, you feel with your fingers, when you put your fingers on the screen, you feel like uh, fingerprints, like grooves. And this is where you uh, put your hands and so you start typing. You have no calibration like uh, on competition products. But uh, for the very first time, you start using the keyboard when you, you start the product. You just put your six fingers for about a second on dot two, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then uh, the keyboard is active. And it stays active as long as you don't close it with a specific gesture because we also have different gestures outside of the screen because our uh, touch matrix is wider than the, uh, the screen. So we have also introduced uh, specific zones, specific areas around the screen, specific for the blind. So you can uh, double tap, uh, cross through and so on. So to make uh, gestures like the Windows gestures, but this is our own gestures in the Windows environment. And what led you to develop this? When we started, we, we saw that many, almost all the blind people are using uh, smartphones with touchscreens they are very very used to to to, to, um, to use that uh, the screen the gestures 
but we saw that the note takers uh, were only with mechanic keyboards or blind people are using still using braille displays connected to PCs and then uh, when you go to school there is also another problem that the teachers they don't know braille that's why we decided also to put a screen the keyword of the company the keyword with this product is really inclusion not integration that means that side people can also use this product even if they don't know braille because as it is a full windows product we also have a specific gesture and for the site that they just call the um, uh, Windows uh, virtual keyboard and then they can write or via Bluetooth they can also connect uh, mechanical keyboard so they can really write something that the site will see in black but it will be also automatically displayed instantly on the Braille display. And of course, you have the choice between NVIDIA and JAWS. We also have different specific applications. So that means if you have the uh, license, uh, the JAWS license, you can switch on the fly between JAWS and uh, NVIDIA. And like you say as well, you can connect peripherals to this, right? So you could have a Bluetooth or a wired keyboard. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth. So you have uh, two USB-Cs. One of the challenges with these devices is often making sure they're powered enough. This has been an, another long-standing issue in the community about some of the already existing products that are out there. Uh, so what kind of specifications can you buy f- with this? Uh, you, you, you mentioned that uh, you need to have enough power. So that wasn't really the case for the first inside one that uh, we put on the markets about almost five years ago. But that one is uh, really powerful. You have, um, as a processor, you have an i7, you have 16 gigs of RAM, uh, you have also NVMe uh, SSD hard disk. You have the choice between 256, 512, and 1 terabyte uh, for the SSDs. Uh, you have Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. You have uh, two USB-C, your mini USB, so you can connect this uh, note taker uh, to another PC, so it becomes a bright display only. You have also micro SD card slot. You have USB 3 port, two microphones, and four speakers of two watch each. So this is completely standalone as almost a desktop device, but also as a laptop device. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's an all-in-one product. And how upgradable is it? Uh, Well, if you want to change the memory or if you want to send the processor, it's not possible. Unfortunately, we are not... uh, We are not Lenovo, we are not a big company like that, so we can't afford to uh, buy different uh, motherboard to change and to install this. That's that's not possible. But we think that with an i7 and 16 gigs, you can have the product for four to five years and you can run different Windows 11 updates without any trouble. And in terms of pricing, what what are we looking to, to pay for this? Well, the, the, the price uh, the price is different depending on the countries because depending also on the fundings that you get when you want to buy this product. In France, I think this is, the, say, the most expensive uh, price, but uh, as a blind person, you can get funds up to 80 or 90% of the price. So that's why here with uh, VAT, we have a 5.5% VAT for, for this uh, product. It costs uh, for the end user around 7,000 euros. But if you go to the States, to the United States, it will be much less. It will be around $5,900, uh, US dollars. Do you have any Canadian pricing there? Not yet. 
we had for the inside one uh, the first version but not yet uh, we are uh, discussing with different uh, distributors and also uh, we are uh, discussing with uh, companies in the US that are also exporting to Canada so Interesting product, and a huge thank you to Eric Roche for speaking to me from Inside One to tell us more about the Inside One uh, tactile Braille tablet. Uh, you know, very much a considered purchase, definitely maybe one for the workplace more so than perhaps personal choice. Although, again, it depends on individuals, but you know, I present it on the show today because I think it's an interesting product and it kind of ties into that conversation, Sean, that we've been having with Addy Kushner, and Addy's yes. going to be coming back on soon to say, you know, let's move away from this Android idea. Uh, you know, on these kind of devices, especially for education, especially for the workplace, and focus on, uh, you know, Windows. Oh, yeah. I mean, even Android's better than just a bespoke Braille note-only operating system. And uh, as Addy Addy was saying, you know, why why should blind people have to learn this, you know, separate thing when, when they go out in the wide world, the chances are they'll be using Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, whatever it may be. Uh, this falls exactly in that category. You are right. And again, I love the phrase considered purchase because we all go, wow. <laughs> uh, yes, of course, it's good. how much? But again, we're paying that sort of price already. And that's where that whole discussion with Addy came up as well. I think we're paying those sort of price tags already. And my big problem with that is that we're we're paying that sort of price for a hardware that is years, generations behind what everyone else is using. And with this, you're getting Windows, you're getting bang up to date hardware. I mean, you're paying... Um, you're paying that price, yes, but you are at least getting up to date this generation hardware. I, I'm really interested in this because I think this is a really interesting way to take it. Uh, be interested to see the way that the um, you know the other companies out there, the humanwares, the hymns, react to something like this because it seems it makes total sense to me. This is a mm. Windows. It's a Surface tablet, basically. Uh, this yeah. is a, a Windows tablet that gives us uh, or braille users the the opportunity to use it as well as sighted people as well it seems like the perfect device well you say perfect but i think you know i'm kind of looking at the optima as more the perfect device because it's got the qwerty keyboard but that's just me no yeah yeah you're right i I say perfect device of course this all hinges on how well it performs from a usability point of view how good is Mm. that indent for the braille keys how comfortable how usable is it actually the software that they developed to make that happen that is key as well it's not just about the hardware so we will see You know, the the great thing is that there's a lot of choice when it comes to these kind of devices, and it feels like there's new categories developing. Yeah, you know, it feels like we've we've actually now got in the braille world more uh, almost like a strategy of of sales for these products. So you've got like a, a braille input keyboard, perhaps like the Orbit Writer or the Hable One. Um, then you've got you know the note takers. We're seeing this new one. We're going to be talking to them soon, hopefully from Blazy, the BT Speak, which is, I guess, up against the Orbit Speak. Yeah, in, in similar kind of sense. There's no Braille display on it, but it does speak. It's got applications on there, um, all being run with a a QWERTY, not a QWERTY, a Perkins style keyboard. I'd love to see one with a QWERTY. <laughs> <laughs> just would be so happy if I could get a QWERTY. You just want a talking keyboard. Like a pizza yeah, that's all I want. That's my talking keyboard. Windows inside a keyboard. That's all I want. Yeah. Um, 
But yes, okay, that's not there yet. But you know, you've got those devices. Then you have your Braille note takers, or or even displays. Actually, maybe displays is the next category, which is you know your your Orbit reader. Um, There's lots of them. The Brilliant series. Yeah, we could go on and on. But I, I, but then, I, and then you've got the yeah, you've got note takers as well, and this comes into a new level with actually built-in computing right there. So it's all in one. You don't need to have a separate real display, and I think that's going to appeal to a lot of people. I think customers are just getting more wise to what they're getting for their money because the, the, we are paying a, a premium for these devices, and you know I think people are getting wiser to what they're actually getting for their money from the hardware point of view, and you know rightfully so, saying, well, "Well, why am I getting such old hardware for this sort of money?" I think that's part of it, yeah. But I also think there was just it didn't feel like there was much of a structure to what was for sale. Like you, you couldn't look at a range of options when you were using Braille. But lots, of, a lot has changed in just the last two that's years. That's true as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was pretty much just. I mean, not just, but it, it was only displays. It was only note takers for a very long time, and th- something's changed. You know, we're starting to see this new category emerge with the, the little input keyboards, which make the the cost, the barrier of entry much lower. I mean, the Hable One is an incredibly popular product. Of course, yeah. But when we're talking about note takers, I think also people just, they're looking at what they can do on other devices and saying, well, why can't I do that? When we're still getting devices that maybe didn't have Bluetooth connectivity or the ability to connect to Wi-Fi, you think, well, hang on, this feels like I'm back in the 80s here. Um, yeah. So there is that. Yeah, yeah that's but true. It, it def- the market definitely is changing. And that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I want to bring in uh, one quick uh, email from uh, Graham Langford, who sends this in. This is a message uh, aimed at you, Sean Priest. Hi, uh, guys. Sean was complaining yesterday about Voice Vista not mentioning intersections, yet everything else seems to be fine. I would suggest he goes to settings, then call outs, then go down to intersections and junctions and make sure it is turned on. I suspect this somehow has been turned off. There are other selections which you should turn on as desired in the list under callouts, including at the top of the list a master switch to turn on all choices. Regards, Graham Langford in Toronto. Oh, God bless you, Graham. Um, yes, now I have checked all that, and this is so strange. Doesn't work in the morning, works absolutely fine in the afternoon. Yes. I have no idea why. And it's the same across every soundscape and voice vista. It must be the GPS. It must be system at uh, a system level. I don't know what's going to happen. I've been wiped off the GPS map, apparently, at least in the morning. It's so strange. Has, has Elon uh, been uh, moving his satellites away from you just to annoy you? <laughs> I think it may be one of those times where a system, uh, a phone reset is needed. Because I don't know what's happening with my GPS. It's, it's in- intermittent, I believe. And it's that's, on the, that's on the 15 Pro? On the 15 Pro Max, yeah. Wow. Perhaps I will take out my 12 mini today and see if I get the same thing. Now, wouldn't that be funny if that worked? <laughs> it would. Yeah, very strange. Mind you, in saying that, with the battery level that you've got on that 12 mini, you'll be lucky to get a signal for two minutes <laughs> yes, before the phone just dies. Get to the end of the street, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, I, I do think, I know we talked about this yesterday, but I do think it would be good for you to do a little demo of how that works. I know the, the challenge, oh. we did talk about doing this in Vienna. Yes, we uh, did. Uh, that, that was actually what we decided. Uh, I like how it? now it's... We actually... Yes, yeah. we'll do it in Vienna. It's exactly what you said. Excellent. Okay, well, there you go. Well, they, uh, you know, we're ahead of the game. Okay. It's brilliant. It's going to happen. It's been an interesting one today. Lots of interesting news, as uh, is often the case. And it's so weird. This is uh, 
This is the world we live in now. It's just endless breaking news. And, uh, well, and that's what Double Tap's here for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and nothing for days. But I, I somehow doubt it. I think there's going to be a lot more conversations to come on all of this stuff. Uh, of course, the Orbit Speak news might be welcome to many. That is, of course, if we see it get off the ground. Uh, I certainly hope we do. Yes. And that's the, that's the frustration. It's We want this stuff. I know. So, you know. Come on! Give it to us! Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for free that'd be even better we've waited so long should we get it for free is that how it works oh well there's a way for a company to get a business quick uh, right uh, that's it for today we'll be back tomorrow with more and uh, Sean thank you as always thank you bye bye join me every couple of weeks for the outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast where we learn about outdoor tech and tips plus we look at news affecting the environment AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.